Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, each day on the I Work For Him show, we focus on discussions that will challenge you to change the way you think about workplace ministry and your life with Christ. And this week is a very special week. All week long, we have in studio with us Tom and Pam Wolf talking about identity and destiny. You can find out more about it at identityanddestiny.com. Monday's show, Tuesday's show, Wednesday's show today, and tomorrow, Thursday's show, it's all about identity and destiny. And here's why we're spending four days focusing on this. You need to know who you are and who you are in Christ. How did God design you? And what he wants you to be doing with what he's made you of. And most of us never take the time to find out why God created us the way we're created. We hardly ever take time to contemplate anything. Most of you don't even know how to read books. I'm sorry, just kidding. I'm sure some of you know how to read books. But most of us never take time to really seriously take a look at why am I here? And what should I be doing? What is the meaning of my life? And that's what we're talking about. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you. That impact I always talk about. He's taken you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. We're going to talk again today 
about weeks five and six of Identity and Destiny. We're not going to jump back and review all the stuff we've talked about Monday and Tuesday. My challenge to you is to go back and listen to those days. But if you're coming in, this is where the rubber meets the road in Identity and Destiny. We've already talked about your uh, the purpose. Oh, oh. Well, let me just say this. Let's welcome Tom and Pam Wolf back to the I Work For Him show. Tom and Pam, thanks for being willing to stick with me all week long. Ah, it's our pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so in week one, I'm just trying to find my notes as we're scrambling here. Week one, we talked about uh, the, uh, the three pieces of purpose. You say them differently. You call them the three what of purpose? Identity, well, identity elements. The three, the three elements. elements of purpose. That's yes. what it was. Identity. Destiny. And assignment. All right. So that's what week week one was about. And then in week two. Glenn, you guys wrote this stuff. Okay. Sorry. I should have. I apologize. We'll jump right in if all you right. want us to. Week two was the. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> week two, we talked about the disc and, and all about our personality profiles. And then the resilience questionnaire, which totally messed me up. And then in week three, we really talked about our spiritual gifting. And I gave you a hard time about, uh, about why you only chose seven categories. Yeah. And then week four, we talked about our passions. Mm-hmm. The passions that God has laid on our heart. Okay. So. I'm telling you, those of you that tune in today, you've missed some stuff, but I really want you to go back and listen to the archives. Don't turn off today. You need to hear about weeks five, six, seven, and eight, and that's what the next two days are about on identity and destiny. And I very rarely will do a four-day series on anything, and I'm doing it because this is so important. Identity and destiny. This workbook is something that absolutely every Christ follower in the world needs to go through, but I'll settle for every Christ follower in the United States of America. My goal right now is to take that. They've sold 5,000 copies of this. My goal is that I Work For Him helps 5 million people go through Identity and Destiny because this changed my life. It gave me a whole new perspective on who I am and what I should be doing in Christ. So thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. Hold on to the steering wheel if that's where you are. Hold on to the pen at your desk. If you're sitting down, sit in your chair because we're going now. All right, Tom and Pam, as we were talking, leading up to getting back on the air, you mentioned on your website some cool stuff, Pam. Uh, What's out there now? Uh, All the details about the workbook. Um, What you were describing was the first few steps of that. But basically, it's a workbook that lays out this life purpose discovery from God's perspective for each and every one of us. Seven steps in eight weeks laid out over 40 days, and step-by-step people can go through the process of self-discovery. All the details of the book are on the website at identityanddestiny.com, along with a free Find Your Sweet Spot quiz. So anybody who goes there can take that quiz and see where they stand in terms of how close or how far away they are from really knowing who God's designed them to be and what he wants them to do with the gifts they've been given. So that's that pre-purpose quiz, Tom, that you built in there. So right, right at the beginning, it's like the, you know, whenever you do a speech, you say, and here's what I'm going to tell you, and then you tell them, and then here's what I told you. You're, you're giving them a chance to kind of get a pre-purpose to look at how much do they really know about who they are and what they should be doing. That's what you did right at the beginning of the workbook. Uh, at the beginning of the workbook, it's a questionnaire, and people answer the questions, and then they get a rating as to how close to living on purpose they really are. And some people get real low scores and send us emails and say, oh, my goodness, now what do I do? (laughs) Well, let's just see. My total score when I went through this the first time, because I've gone through a couple of times, when I went through the first time, I scored a 41, which a 41 says you're surviving, but life is not giving you the satisfaction that you desire. Mm -hmm. And then I took it again 
uh, beginning of this year in January, and I got up 49, so I moved a little further, but I was still doing exactly the same things. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm still in that category of life's not giving. Now, I think if I took it today, because I'm nine months better into this, I, I, I know, I know, moving forward, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm all there, but. <laughs> So what about when you guys took it? Pam, when you, you took this thing after Tom Rota, what did you score the first time you went through there on your purpose statement? Uh, I was about a 56. All right. So yeah, that's yeah, good to know. Yeah. That's good it wasn't just me. Yeah. I was just starting to figure it out. I hadn't started the work with Identity and Destiny yet. I was still running a, a business brokering firm and doing what we see most of um, the body of Christ doing, and that is putting the secular part of their life over there Monday through Friday or Saturday and then um, the sacred part is going to church on Sunday and perhaps honoring the Sabbath. But uh, what, we're, what we're leading people to is full integration of who they are and what they do 24-7, seven days a week, and challenging that idea of stewardship. It's not how much of my time, talent, and treasure will I give to the Lord. We say 100% belongs to Him. Everything we do, every moment of every day. Mm. I, I got to tell you, it is. Uh, we, we talked about these first four weeks, and those are the discovery weeks. You really learn about yourself. They're they're comfortable. They're a little uncomfortable, but like, like I said, the resilience questionnaire was you know that was a little uncomfortable. But so, yeah, but so you, you can improve that. Uh, I'm, I will. I'm going to keep taking it until I pass. Uh, but so, but the first four weeks, pretty pretty easy to stay on track. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, as we head into weeks five through eight, mm. all of a sudden, the enemy of our souls says. Hey, I don't really want you to find out what's in the next pages. Right. And so this is where it gets difficult. And, and you don't make it any easier because right at the beginning of chapter five, you said, let's just talk about fear. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the so, number one roadblock, by yeah, the way. Yeah, the number one, blo- yeah, what you call it, the blocking? It was a, uh, well, roadblocks. Yeah, it's a roadblock. Fears, okay. blocks, and limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you say it was again? Fears, blocks. Fears. And limiting beliefs. Fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. Okay, so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk all about week five, fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. And I'm going to tell you, this is a this is a practice that absolutely everybody, whether you're a Christ follower or not, needs to go through because we all operate with fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. All right, Tom and Pam, as we get into week five, and we're going to review today weeks five and six out of your workbook, as we get into week five, it gets a little more difficult. And this is where you said in your book, don't get caught up. I mean, you, you got you to gotta keep soldiering forward. That's maybe not the word you're using, but you, you, jump, you, you, you jump right into fear. Mm-hmm. Tom, why did you, why'd you throw fear here? Well, because there's a lot of scripture about fear. Uh, I think uh, the Lord knows that we have a lot of fear in our hearts. We need to address it because if you don't address it in this process, it's going to be a stumbling block. It's going to hold you back mentally and emotionally from actually discovering what God has for you. And why would fear, Pam, why would fear become one of those stumbling blocks to keep you from finding out what God intends? Uh, it, is the, it is false evidence appearing real. That's the way we define it, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And um, we have come to believe as you search the scriptures that fear is one of the uh, most often used tactics of the enemy, and if there's anything that uh, the enemy fears once a person is saved, we believe that their eternal destiny is is safe. But then the question is, what are you going to do with the gifts I've given you, and will you be effective on the earth while you're still here? 
And if the enemy can stop that and put you on the bench and render you ineffective because you're afraid of what lies ahead, then he's won. Hmm. And, and I mean, you shove this right in there. Okay, so they've gotten halfway through the book. They're feeling good. They're like, wow, I'm learning a lot of really cool stuff about myself. And then all of a sudden you make them deal with something that nobody wants to ever deal with. People don't want to deal with their fears. Why don't people want to deal with their fears? It's scary. It's beautiful. <laughs> wow, great answer, Tom. I never saw that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's, uh, uh, when people are fearful, they're dealing with emotion. Emotions are not what are supposed to determine our actions. We're human beings created with an intellect. And our mind and our thinking and our analysis is what's supposed to drive us. Unfortunately, most people let their emotions drive them. And by allowing their emotions to drive them, they're really going against Scripture. So we have to address this because a lot of people are fearful that the purpose they're going to get is going to create significant change in their life. Oh, gee, I'm going to have to give up my lifestyle. I'm pretty happy. Oh, I might have to go to Africa. Or St. Petersburg. Or St. Petersburg. <laughs> or Minneapolis. Could be worse. Middle of winter, Minneapolis. But but that's, I mean, Jesus didn't say, hey, come to me and I'm going to give you a super easy life and and you're going to have everything that you ever wanted. Right. That's not what he said. No. He goes, your mother's going to hate you. Your father's going to you know, betray you. Your children are going to turn their backs on you. But when you look at eternity in comparison to the short 80 years we may get here on earth, some of us will get more, some of us will get less. He's asking us to make a choice. Who are you going to Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to believe in? Right. And do you believe that you can earn my favor on my own, which you know that doesn't happen, or let Jesus Christ pay for it with His blood that He died on the cross? Well, let me share with people to put them at ease. We have never cross come across anybody who the Lord has directed them to make some kind of significant change, like go from a business executive to a minister in India. Now, that's not to say He won't do it. That's not to say he can't do it, but he's wired us in a particular way, and that's the first four steps that we've looked at. He's given us skills and experiences, and generally he uses that as the basis to direct where we go from this point. Well, and that's the point of the I work for him program. Yeah, I mean, that's what the show is all about. God has uniquely equipped you to be a minister right there in your workplace. Your mission field is your workplace. You may be the only Jesus those people ever meet. That's the point. But we can be so much more effective if we know who we are, how God designed us, and what he intends for us to do with that. Exactly. Yes. Right. Hey, I'd like to thank Jill calling in from St. Pete. First of all, for listening to the show. You won the book, but we still have one more to give away today. So you can call into the studio line, drive Todd crazy, Todd T. Riley, drive him crazy, 7274. No, that's the text number. All right. You can call into the st- <laughs> studio line, 855-265-2929 to win another copy of Identity and Destiny, 855-265-2929. We still have one left. All right, so we're dealing with fear, and uh, why are people afraid to find their purpose, Pam? Why, why are what is that? Why do people why why do people get nervous about that? Uh, I think there's a number of reasons. Uh, the things that Tom was talking about is this going to be way out of alignment with what I'm comfortable right. doing? Control, um, yeah, yeah. Control. <laughs> like I like my life the way I'm orchestrating it, and it really comes down to my will versus thy will. And a lot of people just aren't quite ready to take that kind of a bold step. The other thing is what we see more often than that, quite frankly, is a sense of unworthiness oftentimes. 
that their past has doomed their future, mm. that the mistakes they've made, that who they are isn't good enough, that there isn't something valuable enough that God would even want to use them. All right. And you've got a quote in your book. You can't go any further. You've got a quote in your book that I got written down here. Mm. There's a treasure in your past that God wants to put square in the middle of your destiny. Amen. And God has chosen you for a specific purpose, not in spite of your history, but because of it. Absolutely. Now, that's a Beth Moore quote, and that woman is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'd love to meet her someday. Mm-hmm. Hey, if anybody's got a connection, I love that Beth Moore in the I Work For Him radio program. But that's exactly what we tell people. God never wastes an experience of our past. He always uses that. And I'm sure you guys have seen that time and time and time again. Is All of those past experiences, he, he doesn't waste that stuff mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Well, he let them into the, the life of an individual so that they either understand how to deal with it and can help another person, or they build character skills that they're going to be able to use to go forward with the purpose that he's designed for them. Mm-hmm. So there is purpose in the pain. Right. There, that pain, that experience has a purpose to teach an individual so that they can go forward and help somebody else. All right, so but for that experience, they wouldn't be able to walk in those shoes and relate to them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, God, God, almost always after you've had an experience like that and you've learned it and you've let it shape your character, as you said, Tom, mm-hmm. God almost always immediately sends somebody to your life that needs to learn from your experience that you just went through. Right? Absolutely, he, he he doesn't ever waste that. He stuff. doesn't waste a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so going going to the roadblocks to purpose, mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand all of them. And how these are roadblocks, but you know the roadblocks to purpose: satisfaction, complacency, unbelief, fear, procrastination, unwillingness, and unworthiness. How is satisfaction a roadblock to purpose? Well, uh, I've had people don't who fight, said, "Don't fight, don't fight." Okay, <laughs> I've had people who said to me, "Tom, I don't want to do your book because I really like my life the way it is." And if did they I, say that out loud? Yes, they did. They don't know that God's listening. If <laughs> if I do this. And God gives me a purpose that I don't like, then I'm accountable to him for it. And I'm like, I don't think it works that way. And I say too late. I think you're already accountable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and God doesn't give us purposes we don't like. No. He gives us purposes that fit exactly with how we're designed. Absolutely. Apparently, I'm designed for radio. They always told me I had a perfect face for radio. I didn't realize how much. <laughs> but, but, but you that's, have a great radio voice. Uh, yeah. Which... All my life, my voice is one. I got one of the. It, it's just funny. My voice sounds different on radio than in person, which I also think is hilarious. I can do the deep radio voice, yeah. but but it, it's but it's so funny. But you're right. The satisfaction. I like life so much. I don't want to screw it up. Don't write the by finding out what God really wants me to do. Yeah, just I'll I'll move away from that. But complacency, I understand. You know, people just they, complacency is something that they deal with, but procrastination. I suppose that makes sense, too. I don't know. You guys explain through these unworthiness. that what you were touching on earlier, Pam? Yep, the unworthiness. Um, We see that more often than not. And procrastination, that's where it's like, well, I'll do this when I get the kids raised or I'll, you know, I'll I'll get on with this thing that God wants me to do with my life when, you know, when I get enough money in the bank and, uh, you know, I'm secure in that space. And it's like it's always later. And we say today's the day. Yeah. And why waste the first 50 years of your life or 60 years of your life? God, you can make a difference and an impact mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. where you are at. And All right. So you see yourself in the context of being on purpose right where you are, it, raising your children, 
and being on purpose with what God has for you in that role, you're there. It's incredible. Each and every Christ follower across the globe needs to understand how God designed them and what God is preparing them for and how he is using their experiences and their personality and all these things about them. And that's what identity and destiny lead you to do. Who you are in Christ and what you should be doing. And and that's what we're talking about. Identityanddestiny.com. We've got Tom and Pam Wolf in the studio today talking about, well, really, we're talking about weeks five and six. There's eight. It's an eight-week study, seven steps in eight weeks. So for those of you that really struggle, it's seven steps in eight weeks, so you get a little cushion time. But the first four weeks that we reviewed on Monday and Tuesday, pretty easy steps, just really learning all about who you are. We started talking about week five, Tom and Pam, about fear, dealing with fear. And that gets to be a little freaky because a lot of times if people have fears, they would just rather ignore them because they're afraid to deal with them. Exactly. Well, we help them. Pam, why don't you tell them how we help them? Um, Whether it's fears, blocks, or limiting beliefs, um, throughout the chapter, what we lead them to is an understanding that those are really lies that they've come to believe about themselves, about their worthiness, about the purpose that God might have for them. And ultimately, we show them several different approaches to searching God's word, renewing their mind, and replacing those lies with his truth about them and the purpose that he has. And it can be huge, powerful breakthrough as they grab hold of that truth. You know, a lot of people don't realize the lies that they believe. And, uh, you know, you talk about renewing your mind. Of course, we talk, I quote that verse every day at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2, because God wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And we're talking about, let's just say you picture your mind as a car and it's got 250,000 miles on it. Or maybe it's like my Honda minivan with 214,000 miles on it. And it is old, although my car is still in pretty good shape, but it's not new. You drive it in through the car wash and you come out. All of a sudden, it's a brand spanking new 2015 Honda Odyssey (laughs) with zero miles on it. That's been renewed. It it went in old, came out new. That's what God wants to do with our minds. He wants to change us from the way we think to the way he thinks. Mm -hmm. He wants to take us from who we are to who he can use. And that's the power of this getting rid of these fears, these blocks, these limiting beliefs. It, 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 It... erases these lies. I mean, a lot of people have been told they're not worthy, that they're, they're, they'll be never good at anything. They, they had parents that just, parents or relatives or brothers and sisters just told them they beat them up all their lives. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones that we all carry around is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So that's something that uh, Scripture addresses quite a bit. And uh, we show people ways, methods, tools to to try and find that in Scripture and to find out the truth of what God's taught us about who he really thinks we are. You know, when Martha and I are working with couples in marriage mentoring, that is one of the most powerful tools is helping the husbands and wives recognize the lies that they have believed all of their lives because Mm -hmm. it impacts their marital relationship and they sometimes don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that, well, I've been told that men are complete losers and so I treat my husband like that and the husband would say, well, I've been told all my life I can never stand, I can never, I'll I'll never meet anybody's expectations so why bother trying? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, well, wait a minute here. Holy mackerel, where did this stuff come from? That's not from God. Let's, let's, Let's renew that part. All right, we got to move on from week five to week six because there's we more really really good stuff we, we really could <laughs> and, and and honestly as a christ follower i'm just challenging you the listener as a christ follower you need to just step back and realize that 
we do, every one of us has fallen into the temptation to believe a lie, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. And, and this really is a very peeling back of the layers as if you're an ogre, peeling back the layers of the onion to uncover the, the gross, disgusting lies that are untrue in your life. Pam, what, what else? Anything else we need to say about fears, limiting beliefs, and blocks? Uh, I just think it... it Everyone, every Christ follower needs to understand how much power there is in God's word. And by searching the scriptures and learning what he says about them, rather than the lies they've come to believe, they really can transform their thinking in a way that they can be released into a whole new way of looking at themselves, their possibilities, and the life that God has for them. Isn't it really? Go ahead, Tom. Um, one of the things, we, we focus on fears, blocks, limiting beliefs as it relates to purpose. But invariably, every person that we work with, we start spilling over into fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs that have impacted their career mm. and their relationships. And this is a powerful area where people get a lot of ahas, a lot of breakthroughs, changes a lot of things. So this is a, a really neat section that requires some coaching, guidance hand-holding, and uh, uh, a lot of uh, rewards. And this is where I tell people, I said, this process, going through Identity and Destiny, and you can find out more about that at identityanddestiny.com. And yes, we still have one more copy to give away today, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Call in, get a copy. This book will change your life. Uh, I tell people, okay, the first four weeks, pretty easy. The fifth, sixth, and seventh, you know, chapters five, six, seven, Five weeks, five, six, seven. Like, I'm, I'm messing this up. Weeks five, six, seven, yeah, eight, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are the weeks that really tear you apart because all of a sudden, it, it, you who you are is revealed, and 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 it's. There were some days where it felt like I was pushing mud uphill in a rainstorm because it was so. It was so. It would have been so much easier just to give up. Where some of the questions just like. Wow, I just poured out 100 words answering that question. I'm done. Mm. I'm going to have to come back to this tomorrow morning. I mean, it, it's And the fear thing, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. The fear thing's a really big deal. All right, okay. we got to move on to week six because this is where I personally didn't struggle completing it. I really thought it started getting really cool because I started to learn new stuff. Yeah. In weeks five, six, seven, and eight, I, I really started learning new stuff. So as we go on, it, the, you asked the question right at the beginning of week six. Is it really possible to hear God speak? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tom? Well, uh, you don't hear him audibly, uh, unless you're in Moses and maybe <laughs> one or two other people. But uh, generally, it's not audibly. It's a uh, feeling. It's a, an inclination, an inkling. It's a thought that sometimes pops into your mind. Now, all of us have had feelings, inklings, a thought a phrase, a word that has popped into our mind. You have to tune your ear to realize when it's God. Mm. And that tuning your ear, that listening to the Holy Spirit, not only listening, hear, I always pray, God, Holy Spirit, just help me to hear you today and then to listen and then be obedient because it's really those three things. Just to give you a great example, because this is just proof time and time and time again, God cares about the intimate details of our lives and he's always looking out for us. I was playing racquetball four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and I'm playing with a racket and I, I had broken the outside rim of the racket. It was getting a little jagged and I looked at it as I was getting ready to start a new point. And I thought, huh, if I hit myself with that, it's going to draw blood significant blood and I thought, ah whatever I just kept playing you know the adrenaline was going 
Two times later, I went to go reach for a, a, a ball, and it was really close to my face, and I swung, and I missed, and I came and hit my eyebrow and lanced my eyebrow an inch and a half, about a half inch deep, right there. And God said, I told you, get rid of the racket. Get a different racket. So I have a nice and scar on my eyebrow. About those he does. So it is possible to hear God because that prompting was there. But we, we need to we need to be focused on listening. Okay, we got to get into this. Good okay. word. Prompting's a good yeah. word. It's learning to be quiet enough to hear it mm-hmm. and to recognize it. There's a pattern. And being willing to recognize it instead of dismiss it, as perhaps you did that day. Oh no, I dismissed it just because I was doing the man thing. It's yeah. Like, ah, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever causes you to dismiss well, the, it, we we all tend to. Do I that. admitted it right away to the guys playing racquetball with a guy I'm trying to get to be a strategic sponsor here, and I work for him. And then I told my wife the same things. God told me to put it down. I had another one in my bag, but I just didn't want to take the time. So it's my own fault when I was going to the emergency room to have my eyeball stitched up. But <laughs> but the good news was I had safety glasses on, so God spared my eye. I just been reminded that he really cares, but I should listen better. Okay, so this, you know, I, I put on here that I wanted, we're running out of time, but I wanted to read a little piece of what you've got here on page 183. On page 183, you start, you just kind of do an intro here, but it, just the beginning. Can we hear God speaking? Dear Lord, I come to you praising and thanking you as a creator. You're mighty, powerful, holy, and sovereign. I humbly seek you asking forgiveness for any unrepented sin in my life and your, for your revelation of sins I don't, don't recognize or acknowledge. Cleanse me, O Lord, and guide me in your righteousness. Today, Lord, I offer myself to you. I pray that you'll reveal my purpose, that you'll guide, direct, and use me according to the identity, destiny, and assignment you have for my life. Whenever and wherever you see my stubborn self, self-will interfering with your plans, I ask that you free me from that bondage. Take away any obstacles that will keep me from that purpose you have for my life. I pray that living my life according to your pur- purpose will produce the results you desire and bear witness to your power, love, and glory. Mm-hmm. Having given that much thought, much thought to this prayer, I'm ready. Help me finally abandon myself to you. May I do your will always. That sets up the search for can we hear God speaking, preparing ourselves for that quiet time in the morning. And that's what the next four weeks are, or three weeks are chock full of wow moments and, and listening to God and doing devotions. And that was powerful. I have read that prayer over and over again. It's like, that's awesome. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Do you set a clear vision and direction for your staff? Every business, large or small, needs a mission statement, a written declaration of why the business exists. From the mission statement, you can then derive a corporate vision, which defines what the business will look like in the future as you successfully pursue your mission. Mission and vision statements provide direction for everyone in the company to define and develop their specific duties and responsibilities. The mission becomes a rallying point to keep everyone focused on the ultimate goal. The vision brings clarity out of confusion, helps your staff stay on track, and keeps everyone working together to serve your customers well. Put your corporate mission and vision statements in writing, post them prominently in your workplace, and encourage employees to work for their accomplishment every day. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29:18. Your Proverbs for Business segment brought to you by Business His Way, a ministry of I Work For Him and C12 Tampa Bay. Business His Way is a Christian business roundtable discussion group designed to introduce you to the idea that your workplace is your mission field. Each month, the members of Business His Way are challenged to look at their business with a biblical worldview. And, and it's all part of that process. We talk about the beginning of every I Work For Him show. It's all about that, about that renewing in your mind. Stop change the way you think by the renewing of your mind. God wants to take you from who you are 
to who he can use. And this is the process. He uses this God-directed process, a process like identity and destiny, to help you find your purpose, to help you find your sweet spot, as you say in your in the new version of identity and destiny. And we, we talked about limiting beliefs and, and removing those blocks and, and identifying the blocks. But then we then we start talking about how do we hear, can we really hear God speak? Pam, why does why do we need to be able to listen to God speak? Because he's the one that has the answers. And um, one of the sections that I love most in the book is um, about three or four pages beginning on page 173. And that's where we have a 14-point checklist for being able to be prepared to hear God's voice, to know that you're willing to listen when he does speak, and then being able to go back and confirm it in a checklist. Because there's a lot of people that begin to think that they're hearing from God, but they doubt it. They're like, is it really him or is it just me making this stuff up? And so we went back and, and looked at theologian after theologian, writing after writing on the topic of hearing God's voice and put together a very condensed 14-point checklist for people to go through to say, is this the real deal? Hmm. Yeah, and that is key because a lot of times we do worry, are we... Um yeah, is this just something coming out of my mind? Am I making this up, or mm-hmm. is it really God mm-hmm. speaking to me? That's what we call the three amigos, the critical, the skeptical, and the judgmental. And that's what blocks everybody. Lord speaks to them. They get a word. They get a thought. They get an inkling, a prompting, and then they immediately let one of the three amigos say, oh, that's just me. <laughs> and they start to judge it. They start to get oh, that can't be skeptical. Right. That, that can't, can't be, be right. True. That's not mm. so. Well, we've got a caller. Uh, so if we want to, Todd, you want to bring the caller on? We've got a caller. I, I've been told, I knew that this caller was going to come in, but I'd like to welcome Chris Hartland to the I Work For Him program. Chris, welcome. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you? You've got Tom and pa- you got Tom and Pam listening as well. You wanted to share a little something about identity and destiny. Well, I was fortunate enough to go through with our entire team at a critical point in our business development where we were moving our office and we wanted to make sure we remembered it's really about our people. It's not about our building, even though that was taking up a lot of time. And um, we were very, very blessed to have Tom kind of kick it off and come in person with the team. And I've been very blessed to be in a position that I felt was a calling, but I know 80% of the workforce does not feel like what they do for a living is their call. And it's a dangerous thing to do as an employer because you wonder, okay, if if they discover this isn't a good fit for them, what's going to happen? But I think I was delighted at the results um, in the end. Mm. So you took a team at Trust Business Systems and Peace Wealth Management. You took them, and then you've got your uh, fidelity company. What do you call it? Just say it again. Fiduciary funding. Fiduciary funding. Sorry, I just want to make sure I got you all of the the free plugs I could on the air. You took everybody in your team through Identity and Destiny. At the end of the game, Chris, because we're coming to the end of the show, what was was the end result? How did people respond to this after going through the eight weeks? How did people respond to you after you had them go through this? I think they feel, you know, honored and they feel empowered to, to open up to you know, where they might not feel like they're right on the right seat on the bus or where they've maybe been blocked so that they're not fully engaged as employees. And I think if you make changes, even if it wasn't your desired outcome, it's really for the right reasons. And I've, I trusted um, that, you know, if this is God's plan, 
it's the best plan, whatever that employee ends up doing with it. And um, our tagline is aligning your resources with your mission. And if my own people don't know if they're on mission at work, um, it's going to really hinder us. So I think that is the main problem out there is people are not in the right job because they don't know what God's call in their life is, and they're very confused about that. And it's, you know, it's not an easy fix. So going through this book is not an easy assignment. There's really a lot to it. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. That's the understatement of the day right there to Chris Hartland. Okay. But Chris, nobody came back to you and said that was a big waste of time. I can't believe you made me do it. Nobody said that, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. All right, Chris, I want to thank you for calling to the I Work For Him show. Thank you for endorsing Identity and Destiny. You and I are absolutely like-minded in that way. And uh, I just, you know, please feel free to call in again to an I Work For Him show. That was Chris Hartland with Trust Business Systems, Peace Wealth Management, and that third company I always struggle with. But thanks for calling in, Chris. All right, so All right. We, we've got... Thank you, Chris. <laughs> we've got um, those, those four questions that you ask people to, uh, to pray as they're beginning their time. Um, the significance of these four questions. Lord, may I speak to you today? Lord, what's my identity? What's my destiny? Lord, do you have an assignment for me today? Those questions, and I'll just say, there's still a chance for you to win a copy of Identity and Destiny. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. Those questions are powerful questions. Oh, yeah. We have not because we ask not. Wow, and then a little bit of respect. Lord, may I speak with you today? He might say, not until you go apologize to your wife for the way you acted last night. <laughs> get a hole if you get to the altar and yeah. you realize you got an issue with your brother, mm-hmm. go take care of the issue with your brother before exactly. you come to the altar. Yeah. yeah, and it's very interesting when you get into this and you begin to really seek him, prayerfully seek him, and get tuned into that Holy Spirit. You may be thinking that you're going to have a conversation about one thing, and he will often begin to talk about something very different. But it's exactly what the conversation needs to be. Mm. It's so, this, I found week six and seven to be so powerful and just an insight into learning how to hear from God. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the scripture meditation. We're just going to have to talk about that tomorrow. But in just learning how to hear from God. And, And I loved I love that we go into the journaling next on mm-hmm. week seven, yeah. right? Okay, so I'm not going to jump ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. but I just, I loved the permission questions. Lord, can I speak to you today? Mm-hmm. Lord, what is my de- my identity? What's my destiny? Because he knows. Mm-hmm. He, You know, I've always joked with people, said it would be so nice if when our children came out of the womb, they had a little guide with them wrapped around Velcro to their ankles that said, here's what this child is all about, and here's what needs. <laughs> like a little manual. Yeah, right? like not like you tag. and I read that, yeah. Tom, but our wives would read it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the most powerful thing about yeah, this is the last question for today's show about asking God's asking God those questions Pam what, what how did that speak to you I, I think it got me into the right frame of mind mm. to do the rest of the spiritual disciplines there's five very distinct and different spiritual disciplines that we lead people through and interestingly enough some people will get a lot through one discipline and not a whole lot through another. But the thing that that I found was when I began to do those spiritual disciplines on a regular basis in my life, there were seasons where one would be more effective, and then there come a day where that wasn't as effective and God would begin to move through a different discipline. So we feel like these spiritual disciplines for seeking God and getting answers, not just about purpose, but about daily life, 
are tools that can be used for a lifetime, not just when you're going through the book. We're going to have to find out more about those tomorrow. We'll finish talking about the spiritual disciplines. We'll finish talking about week six on tomorrow's show. We'll talk more about identity and destiny. Stay tuned. You've got to come back tomorrow. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 